Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> said it again. Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. What's up, everyone? Welcome, Winging It with Zach and Brad. We're recording this the day after Seattle's draw against Portland. And for me personally, it's a bit of a weird one to know how to feel about it because watching that game, I just felt like something was missing once again. Um, again, none of these teams will win a supporter shield. I think it's going to an Eastern Conference team. But this is, I think, would have been Portland's fourth win in a row at CenturyLink Field when they never used to win there. And then would have been their third win against Seattle. So that head-to-head matchup, which you probably will see in the playoffs, it seems that Portland don't have Seattle's number, but they're the team. We watch the Galaxy. We watch San Jose. Teams who just play ridiculous tactics against the Sounders. The Timbers seem to figure out how to play. I mean, Jordan doesn't score against them. Doesn't do much against them. They hold their line. They're very disciplined. So I would have liked to see the Sounders really take it to them. And we never saw that. Of course, you take the one point um, with Will Bruins going. You take the Bruin goal, which is great for his confidence. But I just wonder if once you get away from the elation of the late equalizer, you'll probably leave that game a bit more disappointed than um, excited because the Timbers, yeah, they lost two points, but they're like, look, these guys have a hard time breaking us down. Um, I don't know how you took it, but that's kind of what my thinking was watching that 97 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the same. I think um, I think Portland do have the Sounders number right now, and the, and the numbers don't lie. Um, mm-hmm. Is that because they play on turf and they've got good players? I think Shane touched on it. I always remember playoff games. Salt Lake would come in here and we would run over them in playoff games. Colorado comes in here, playoff games, and just run over them because they couldn't handle the slick yeah. surface. They couldn't handle the way that the ball moved. And, and you know, obviously in front of our crowd, it changes things. Um, yeah. But even last night, I, th- I think Portland just matches up really well with the Sounders. I think they're athletic in the back, so they negate some of the mm-hmm. Sounders' ability to really push and get in behind uh, defense. But, yeah, I think Schmetz will break this one down and, you know, be disappointed in a couple aspects. But, you know, you still you, – you wind up with a couple of good chances, I still think. Um, yeah. You know, I think Leardom would like to have that header back. Uh, Shane, we didn't even bring up, uh, you know, obviously with yeah. Shane, I think we got to talk about his header. Um, mm-hmm. That's a free header at the near post that's got to be on frame. Um, yeah. So – you're creating little half chances. You're not dominating. Um, but this, they obviously have a specific way that they're going to play the Sounders. And like um, we'll talk about is come out fast, put them under pressure, try to get a goal, and uh, we'll just sit back. And other teams don't do that. They don't just sit right. back against the Sounders. They generally will keep pressing. So I think, you know, the staff there in Portland – has done a good job of saying this is how we're going to play this team because we've seen results and we're not going to change the way just because we're playing uh, away from home. We're going to, we're going to keep playing them the same way at CenturyLink until something changes. Why would yeah. they change the way that they play? Yeah. So that's my thing. Should, should so, the Sounders change something? Will gets his know. goal. Gets off the yeah. good. Should the Sounders change something then? Because, I, I don't think yeah. so. I, don't, I mean, what, what are the Sounders going to change um, except revert to hitting more long balls in behind? Um, mm-hmm. I think you'd want a little bit more interchange between um, Jordan Christian and the outside backs. 
at certain moments. I think that that yeah. or Alex, whoever it is in the outside backs, I think you got, you, you need more service, especially when Will's in the game, good quality service. I actually think Nuhu probably had one of his best. It's crazy how I can point to three good crosses he's had in a year from a left back. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of them last night. He had a good cross that was actually in the box, not over hit or out of bounds. So you need more service. We can't just be talking about guys hitting one or two good crosses a game. Um, yeah. You know, and I think Ziggy probably told you this a long time ago. Is like, I need three or four good service, good crosses a half from you. Yeah. Make that a point. Yeah. And once yeah. you get those three or four, then you can go off and do your own thing and kind of yeah. create and, and be your own player. But as a wide player, you should be reliable to get in good service. And if that doesn't happen, it makes it tough on Will. He's got to play more with his feet. And, um, you know, it makes things difficult for the Sounders. So, yeah, I think come play, playoff time, it's still the Sounders are a better squad uh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yesterday, Rui Diaz was missed. So I've not been on Twitter today, but I did one of my MLS mm-hmm. articles and I'm sure both sides were probably upset. I'm sure they were. But what I said was, I felt, yeah, t- when I took just the attacking groups, I think Seattle has a better attacking group. But as they are right now, I actually think Portland's attacking group is deeper. Because they came here, and Bobby C didn't play. He's been scoring goals. They can rotate Mora and he's going up and doesn't lose anything. I mean, no Flores one, plays his first game in a year, scores. They've absorbed. Blanco was having an MVP season. They haven't missed him. Yeah. Didn't miss a Bobby C. The sound is clearly, clearly missed um, Rudy Diaz last night, without question. Just a guy who's going to be in the box, get in the end of things, anticipate things. They missed him. And I think they will do the same with Nico and the same with Jordan Morris. You can't replace them. And I think the Timbers, while their top end isn't better than the Sounders, I mean, Valeri gets into the Sounders team maybe from the attacking group and nobody else. Blanco maybe when he's fit. So that is maybe it. Whereas Nico plays for Portland. Jordan does as well. Raul does as well. And maybe you can even make a push for someone like Christian or Joven. I don't know. But I feel like they absor- their depth is just better in attack because once we lose Joven, he's gone. You're bringing on Ibarra, who's had a tough time of it. I mean, it doesn't scare the Timbers. If he comes on and scores, great. But you bring on Shandon Hopiaus, who we haven't seen since Orlando. So I think the Timbers in that department are much deeper. And I don't know who's going to win out, whether it's going to be the pure talent, which usually wins out, or just the fact that they can call on so many people. If it's not working for this guy, that's like, if Jordan's off, and he was good in the last 15 minutes yesterday when the game opened up, but for 70, 75 minutes, he was average for his, his, his high standard this year. Nico didn't have a good game either. I think Stu Holden said it on the broadcast yesterday. So if those guys are off, I think the Sounders struggle, whereas the Timbers can have... Valeri wasn't special last night. They didn't need him to be. They still get yeah, guys... Yeah, but Valeri... So. Every time I watch Valeri, I'm like blown away. That, that is a player that I would love to play with every single yeah. day of the week. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think everything he does is perfect. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> never loses the ball. All of his passes are top. When they're winning one nothing, he's gathering the ball. He's taking it into the corner, beating guys and drawing fouls and good service. You know, everything he does is just such high quality. And when you have a player like that who's so confident and knows the game, you can play with other guys of less caliber and get mm. them involved more than Nico was able to last night. Yeah, which is crazy to think about because I think they're both amazing players, but I think Valeri's ability to almost take over every game that he's involved in, mm-hmm. he never misses a beat. This guy's yeah. ridiculous, um, yeah. and he makes yeah. the guys around him 
even if they're not the best players, look way better than they actually are. Yeah. And if those guys that they bring in for Portland are going are gonna to just play in this system where we need you to do these two or three things in the game, and if you do that, Valeri's going to put you in a good position, and he's going to open the game, and he did that last night. And yeah. hats off to, to Valeri because he's, he's lights out. And now that's the next, the next question for Nico is he's got to do the same thing, whether mm-hmm. it's Jordan and Christian or it's Ibarra and Shandon. Yeah. Nico has to find a way to involve those guys and get them going in the game to make them feel confident so that it doesn't, we're not having this conversation of, Mm. Oh, well it's Miguel and it's that, well, look, last night they brought in substitutes that, you know, Flores scored a ridiculous goal. And that's the first, that's the first game in a year. Right. So maybe that's a one-off, but still put himself in a good position and and they found themselves in a good attack. So um, yeah, Mm. that, I think that'll be the next step is, and we've talked about it, it's consistency. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're able yeah. to do that, you're going to be a top team. So, um, yeah. yeah, Nico putting his foot on the ball and really taking over is, is going to be key, I think. Yeah. Um, before we get Shane on, um, you still give the Sounders the edge to be the number one seed? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast last night, but if it comes down to points per game, right, I think it actually they could end up with one less uh, win and still lead in the points per game department, which will be – it could shake down to shape this MLS cup, which is, which is pretty crazy. Uh, depends on if you're going to have home field advantage, who knows where, if it's going to be at a neutral location, um, you know, but it puts these guys in a, in a, in a, in a good position. Um, but yeah, looking at the West, I think the Sounders no doubt have the ability, the talent. And uh, once everyone gets back and they're clicking again, you know, I don't see any team running over these guys, not even Portland. Um, yeah. But I do think now you have to start thinking about as we enter the end of the season is I think the Sounders are going to have to change the way they play down in Portland. Yes. Um, because, and, and like they did in Salt Lake, change the way you play and you go to a tough place where you haven't gotten results in the past and you need results now, if you're going to stay at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to change the way you play. So whether that's, we see, you know, five in the back again, or you play, you know, four, five, one, whatever it is, I think they're going to have to change something, but you can't just do that in one game. you got to kind of test that out. So the yeah. Sounders got to put themselves in a good position. Uh, they'll play a couple of away games here, closing out this run. And you yeah. might see a little bit different from the squad or who knows? I mean, I've seen Schmetzer say, no, we're going we're gonna to play the way we play because we're the Sounders. Okay. Right. Well, we'll see. Yeah, it better work. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, folks, stay tuned. We'll get Shane O'Neill. And I don't even know if Shane's done any interviews um, with the club or anyone since he's been here. I don't know much about him, to be honest. Um, but he's had a really good season, I think. I think he was good last night. Probably should have scored. Um, but yeah, he's been better than expected. So we'll pick Shane's brain um, a little bit as soon as we get back. Um, stay tuned, winging it with Zach and Brad. We'll be right back with Shane O'Neill. Joel Paulo sends it in. Morris goes up. It's all alone, and Bruin puts it in the back of the net. Bruin. He takes advantage of spotty. Defense by Portland. They look around. Did you have him? Did you have him? And Will Bruin, his first goal of the season. It's stoppage time. 1-1, Seattle, Portland. Shane, I think when, you know, obviously I've covered the team now since I stopped playing. So when I heard, you know, the Sounders were acquiring you, 
um, in my mind right away, it was, okay, it's a good pickup. It'll be a good depth piece. And if he turns out to be any good, great. If he's not, no problem. But you've actually come in, got an opportunity, and then played well pretty much every time. And I think a lot, did done a lot more, got a lot more minutes, played way better than anyone could have maybe thought. I wonder if you had the same thoughts or if for you, you knew this was your level and you just needed an extended run in the team. Yeah, I mean, I certainly didn't come here to, uh, you know, not expecting to do decently. I mean, I've, I've said that all the time. I mean, I feel like, honestly, when I look at my career, the, the seasons that were were bad were ones that I never got an opportunity. You know, seasons where the coach, you know, I remember the first year in Belgium, I just never got an opportunity. And then uh, my last year in Holland, me and the coach kind of had a falling out. So I never, I just was never given a chance. And so I always kind of had this feeling like whenever I've been given a chance, I've done well. And it was funny because last year in Orlando was the first season that I was like, you know, the coach gave me a proper opportunity there and I didn't necessarily take it. So this off season was about kind of rebuilding my confidence, but I still had that belief. Like I know I can play in the MLS. There's no doubt about that. And so when the Sounders came in for me, I, you know, I felt like this was a great opportunity to get involved with a really good team and, and, and some good, good players. And hopefully I can, you know, kind of get back to my, to my best level. So I feel like this year has just been about a, being a little bit more consistent than I was last year. And yeah, I think I've done a, a decent job of that. Um, this year has been interesting to say the least, but what does it mean from an outsider's perspective to be on a different team? And then the, you find out that you're coming to the Sounders, right? Like mm. I, I would always assume like if Dallas called me, I'd be upset. Or if, you know, a certain team called me, I would just be like, oh, I got to go there. Or even Orlando. Like, I don't want to go to Orlando. But then the Sounders come knocking and, and your agent says, hey, Sounders are interested. They're going to pull the trigger. Is that something that, you know, gets you excited? Just that name? Uh, like you said, you're stepping into a great organization. Um, how, did, how did that feel? Well, I mean, I guess, like, to, to give you the full picture, so this offseason I didn't have an agent. And there was only a couple teams I emailed to you know obviously see if they were interested and one of them obviously was the Sounders so that kind of just answers your question I mean like when I think about teams yeah like when you think about teams in the MLS that you want to play for it's like the Sounders and I mean I, you know I don't want to like upset people but I feel like the Sounders and the Galaxy you know and that's kind of like those are the teams that you want to play for those are the best franchises those are the kind of like the glamorous clubs and, and the clubs with the best, you know, history and all that. So for me, like, yeah, this, with this, especially with the fans, obviously that that's the only disappointing thing about this year is not having the support. Cause you know, I mean, you know, when you're on a, when you're on a, an Orlando or a Colorado, those are the, like, you're looking at your calendar. Like, when are we away to Seattle? When are we away to Portland? Cause you know, obviously you're, it's nice playing in Colorado, but it's it's not coming away to Seattle or coming away to Portland. So to be in that environment weekly is is pretty cool. Um, Shane, we're speaking a little bit before I think we hit the record button. Um, we're talking about the game last night. Obviously, Sounders, Timbers, um, with one shot on target, I think Will Bruin gets the goal for a 1-1 draw. Um, but you mentioned that you felt when they play Mora instead of Nice Golda, um, they're a very different team because they, they seem to have the upper hand for a lot of that game. 
um, not necessarily troubling you guys, but um, the sound has really had a hard time just breaking them down. So sort of your, if you can put your analyst head on for a second, your breakdown of the game last night. Well, I mean, they, every single game against them is, has been super similar. I mean, they look to nick one of these early goals and then they just sit in. And for us, I think there was maybe a little bit of – I felt the first 10 minutes, actually seven, eight minutes, we, we kind of went for it. But then there's, there, it kind of started to – once we conceded, we, it kind of felt like we had this nervous feeling a little bit in the first half and we weren't necessarily moving the ball between the lines as well as we could have been. And that was playing into their hands. I mean, I felt like in the other couple of games where we played and we were getting a lot of clear-cut chances where last night we weren't really getting that. And I think that's, um, you know, when they, like you just mentioned there, when they are playing these go to, I think as a back line, I, mean, I don't want to like, you know, give away too much, but I feel like as a back line, like you can really get the line up because you're not super worried about them going in behind. You get, when the ball is coming in, you feel confident that you can get up behind them and maybe win a, win a second ball. But with Mora, he's, he's just very – intelligent in the sense that he knows like he can give a little check and go in behind and with Valeri finding him in those through balls it's really dangerous and so I think he, he definitely changes the dynamic of the team a lot in that regard because even when we have possession of the ball in their half as a center back you're always kind of like oh geez this guy's on my shoulder I don't want to I don't want to overcommit here because you know they're obviously going to be able to hurt us in behind so he definitely is uh, – there's just very different players, different type of players. And I think Mora is, uh, to me, is a little bit more dangerous. Uh, Two-part question. Does, does Robbie still post your accelerations and top speed after the games in the locker room? Yeah, you it's, guys in the, get... it's in the group chat. It's in the group chat, yeah. Uh, what has been your top speed? Because when, when we were in national team camps together – I don't remember you being that fast, but watching the games, I feel like you're pretty fast. It's you're like, kind of like a Chad Marshall. Like, you don't look fast, but you got to be fast on those I, top I, I speeds. Po I post some good speeds, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, po I post some high speeds. And Not Jordan Morris. I don't post Jordan Morris no, level no, no, speeds, no, of no. course. No. I don't post Jordan Morris or New Hutolo level speeds, but I'm, on the, I'm right underneath that that level i think i go like nine 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 has been my fastest so you and you and yamar you would say are kind of Ooh. similar speeds yeah I judging by so. judging by the numbers so your concern about players getting in behind it shouldn't be there with new and and yourself and yamar it's it's actually a pretty fast back line so you guys can afford to play in high line talk about playing with yamar and his experience um, and how you guys have developed this partnership together and how you guys kind of play off of each other also. Yeah, like I feel like Yaimar is a super aggressive defender, which is which is nice because I, I've kind of always – I've always wanted to play that style where it's kind of like sometimes you're going to be one against one. And, and, he, and, and sometimes with Yaimar, it's just like, yeah, you're one against one. Do your job. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's, that's – I like that because it, it kind of – it, it, you kind of have to take ownership of those 1v1 situations. I mean, obviously, some of the language stuff has been it's, – it's fine, like, with, like, norm – you know, just, like, get up or left or right. But sometimes when there's, like, little detailed situations and he's trying to explain to me in Spanish in the middle of the game, and I'm like, oh, geez, my Spanish is not that good. It's, it's okay, but it's really not that great. 
Um, but I do think that in terms of, you know, playing off each other, I think we're both pretty aggressive and we like to kind of get involved in these one-on-one battles and try and hold our own. So, and I think since that um, Portland game at home where we lost, I think our, our partnership has gotten a lot better with runs in behind because there was a couple balls in that game, I think. And since then, we've kind of talked through those moments where if a guy goes off his shoulder, I'll follow. And I think we've done a lot better job of that in the last couple of games. Um, Shane, there's been a lot of discussion lately. I don't know how aware the players are of it, but in regards to the support shield, um, just, you know, I don't want to talk about whether it's going to be awarded or not, but I felt for a long time that this season, regardless, we'll have an asterisk next to it just because you're not playing everyone. It's just a very weird sort of schedule. So, but at the same time, you're in a pandemic and you're overcoming different obstacles. You're doing same-day travel where when I played, I mean, we'd go sometimes two or three days before the game to a city. So now you're going the same day. Um, you're doing all the testing. You're playing with no fans. So there have been challenges. Um, what's your take sort of on the regular season? Like, do you feel if the Sounders go and win a support shield, would it feel the same as in a non-pandemic year? Or in your mind as a player, is there an asterisk of, yeah, well, we didn't have to play everyone or we didn't play 34 games? Uh... I mean, there. I mean, there would obviously be a bit of an asterisk next to it. I think in the in the sense of, I mean, you see Toronto and and, and them. I mean, how many times did they play Vancouver and Montreal? I have no idea, but I mean, it seemed like a lot. And uh, but at the same time, you have to win the games. I mean, that's the reality: is you have to win the games. I mean, I think a couple of weeks back, if you ask anybody, I mean, we would have really wanted to push for the supporter shield. Obviously, I think in the last couple of weeks. It's gotten away from us a bit if we're if we're being realistic, um, and so that's a bit. I mean, that was a huge bummer. What was the game? I can't remember. Was it? Uh, oh, LAFC. LAFC. I mean, we're going into that LAFC game, and it was kind of like this is our opportunity here to push for the supporter shield. This is the chance. Obviously, they did us, and and you know that was kind of it. But I mean, I think the whole group certainly was pushing to win the supporter shield this season, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment. But I mean. If I'm, if I'm in Toronto's locker room, I want to win it. There's no question about that. You get a bonus. You, you get, get money, bonus. right? You get, money. you get a bonus, you know? You Show me the money, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so thinking beyond Supporters' Shield, the playoffs are going to come fast and furious. Um, what this team has to do to, to make a good push. Um, home field advantage is obviously important, but this team historically has been really good in tournaments. Um, and hopefully that you've gotten to talk with you know, Schmetz and, and some of the veteran guys on what are your opinions on how and why that happens with this team? Why are they so good in, in tournaments generally? Well, I think definitely when you look at, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's, I mean, the, the obvious one is they have really, really good players. <laughs> so, I mean, you, I mean, I think when you, when you look at this team at full strength, there's not a lot of teams in the West that match up with it. I would say, you know, obviously, I mean, that's a strong team that was out there last night and that's, you know, Joven Jones is out. You have Raul that's out. You have Gustav that's out. You have Brad that's out. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a really strong 11 that they could, Javi was out. So obviously you, you got a ton of good players and I think, that home field advantage is huge in Seattle. I really do. And even in this year, 
I just think it, the, the game on the turf, it plays different, you know, it's quick. And when the, when the ball gets moving, it's just a, it's a tough, you know, we're a tough team to play against. I, I think when you look at what Portland did to us every single time, what they did last night, that's going to be our challenge is how, or when teams going to sit back against us, how can we break them down? Cause you'd imagine that a lot of teams are going to be looking at that game say, saying that that's probably how you want to play against the Sounders, you know? So um, I think for us, it's about maybe being taking a little bit more risk in possession, trying to play balls between the lines, finding guys higher up the field. Um, Cause obviously, you know, Sometimes it's easy when a team is dropped back to be like, I, I don't want to be the guy who makes the mistake because I can just play him simple. But those are the times when I feel like you got to be brave because that's how you're going to break a team like that down. Um, Shane, as we wrap up here, I kind of want to get your thoughts on some of your teammates because, you know, sometimes when you're on the outside or you've competed against these guys, you know, you don't get the full picture of seeing them every day in training. And we don't have the benefit of being down at training now. So I remember when I was traded one year um, to a team, you shall not be named, and I went down there and I saw Diego Chara in training and I was like, this guy's unbelievable. Like, I didn't know how good he was until I got here and saw him every day. It was just like, okay, he's one of my top time players I've played with. Has anyone done that for you? Like, has anyone stuck out in training where after a month or two, you're just like, wow, this guy's even better than I thought? Or are they all really bad players? You can say yourself too, Shane. <laughs> no, let me, let, me, let me think about that. Um, <laughs> I guess, I mean, from a talent standpoint, definitely, I would say Joven is like, I mean, this guy's talent level is off the charts for sure. His, his touch and his composure is is something else. And I, I think honestly though, it's, it's more surprising in games is the funny yeah. thing. There's things you do. He does in games. Where you're like, Oh my God, I would never even consider never try that. that. <laughs> it's like, if I tried that, I don't Oh man. It's, You'd be sent to USL in the snap oh. of the finger. If you tried nutmegging somebody in our own 18. Listen, I get anxiety watching him do some of the things in the game. I'm like, chest and balls down the six yard box. I'm like, Oh no, that's not for him. But, nah, he's, he's something else. He's something else. And then, obviously, like, uh, Jao Paolo. You know, Jao Paolo is, uh, you know, seeing him in action every day. He's definitely – he's up there with one of the best players I've played with. Just the way he moves his body, the way, you know, the way he can hit the long balls with, like, n really no backdrop for his, for his, uh, for his leg and – yeah, he's he's a he's he's a he's a pleasure to play with for sure, Joe Paolo. Yeah, he's something mm -hmm. else. Love it. Um, you haven't gotten real opportunity to experience Seattle, but from what you've gathered so far, give me like three things that you love about Seattle, and and you, know, you look forward to experiencing more as things kind of hopefully open up next year and uh, as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think one thing that has been nice is like you got within like two hours, so many like outdoor things to do. That's pretty cool. I've been really enjoying that aspect of it. Um, that's one thing. Let's see here. Yeah, I haven't really gotten to do a whole lot. Yeah, it's honestly. not tough. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, tough. it's tough, Shane. 
There's I, not I, a lot I, to I do. I yeah. the ferry to Bainbridge a couple times. That's kind of nice. But, like, you know, I mean, especially yeah. at this point in the season, like, you're just, like, not trying to do anything to, to jeopardize at, at all. So it's just kind of yeah. like – kind of existing around Green Lake and, and just walking around all the time. That's where I live. So you'll catch me walking around Green Lake just about every day, which is, I guess, that's my third thing, Green Lake. There you go. Love it. Love it. Um, Shane, last one for me. Who's the toughest guy you faced? Like, the guy in your career that's giving you the most problems or you know you're playing against him and it's like, all right, I've got to really be locked in here. In my career this season, uh, pick either one. God, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give away anything this year. But I mean, <laughs> honestly, this is like, I guess a couple guys. But I mean, I think Moore is up there this season. Like he's tough. Moore is tough. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, he's a smart player. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, is it's, it's more so about like. One of the guys who takes me out of the game sometimes is is Wright Phillips, and it's just because we're always talking back and forth with each other. We're always going back about some, oh, that was a foul, and I'm going back. That's never been a foul, and like I just lose my concentration sometimes playing against Wright Phillips because I'm going back and forth with them so much. And it, I mean, honestly, I come off the get, the field be like, oh, that was that was that was great going back and forth with him, but. In my head, I'm like, Jesus, is he, is he taking me out of the game here? Like, come on. Because <laughs> I'm usually, like, I don't usually try and get involved in that. But with him, I just, for some reason, I always kind of get involved. And then he's, like, sneaking on, off it's my not shoulder. Purpose. Yeah. So next time I play him, I got, I got to be aware of that, you know. <laughs> I'm starting to argue with him yeah. and the referee and everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk about, uh, real fast, Jimmy Chare and kind of what he means to, to the defense and how you guys have uh, – you know, proving yourself uh, once again this year, this back line. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's been huge for me personally. Um, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Jimmy's been huge for me personally in the sense of, uh, I mean, just working on little details with me after training, working on, like, my switch of play. He's always coming up to me with little ideas of, of what to do. I, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of Jimmy for what he has done for me this season. And that was one thing that I didn't really know about Seattle before I came here, which has been probably one of the most pleasant surprises, just the staff. You know, they've got such a good support staff. So, you know, if you, if you need something, if you need a, a coach to give you an opinion on a tactical – piece of information or what you need to work on or actual drill for them to work on it with you. I mean, you have obviously Precky and Gonzo and Jimmy and Hutch. So it's, it's been, that's been a real, that's been great for me personally. I think they've really improved me as a player this year. Awesome. Shane, we could talk to you all day, man, but listen, we'll let you go. I'm having a fantastic season. I think it's great to have you here in Seattle. And I think, you know, the fans, as much as you miss the fans, they've probably missed as well being in the stadium as well. I'm supporting you guys and cheering you on and getting to know you as a player and as a person. So welcome back on any time. Hopefully next time we do this will be um, after you guys wrap up uh, MLS Cup. So we'll see. Woo. That's the goal. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. See you. All right, Shane. I'll talk to you soon. Man. See you, dude. again to Shane O'Neill for joining us and fantastic stuff from him the Sounders 
tied in first place for the top seed in the West, level on points with the Timbers, game in hand. So it's a really good position and they have a chance to get three more points when they play Vancouver in Portland for an away game um, this coming Tuesday and then three games to finish the season after that. We'll be um, um, doing that game, of course, the game against um, the Vancouver Whitecaps. And before we head out, Brad, get your thoughts quickly mm. on what we are saying about the Astros. I think, I think we talked about it before, but I didn't get yeah. your take on if, I mean, is there an asterisk on who wins it? Or do, can they point to, well, we have to overcome more than any team's ever overcome just in terms of the pandemic? Yeah, look, we talked about this probably on a couple different occasions, but mm. I, I, I kind of go both ways because I think it is a really difficult season. Teams, players have overcome a lot, but at the same time, some teams are playing, you know, only three or four teams that have been garbage um, throughout the season. So, yeah, there, there's a star next to it. Um, I think early on, if they would have said after, or after Orlando, if they would have said, hey, we're not doing supporter shield, okay, everyone would have been fine with it. But the fact that they're doing it, you know, four games before the season comes to a close is a little bit wishy-washy. Um, so hopefully, even if they don't do the supporter shield, I don't know, because there's serious money behind it. When we were playing, yeah. there was just about as much money as supporter shield as, you know, finishing second in the Open Cup or finishing second in MLS Cup. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's an incentive there for the guys that aren't making, you know, the big boy bucks. So, uh, yeah, yeah there, there's a star next to it. Tournament time is tournament time. I think that you'll see, um, you know, better competition, uh, more well-rounded uh, group stage for this MLS Cup, however they shape it. Um, that'll be a bit more exciting just to get some unfamiliarity with uh, or some unfamiliar uh, opponents yeah agree all right folks we'll be back next week um, recapping the sound is away to Vancouver as always thanks for joining us thanks again to Shane thanks to all you fans and listeners and hopefully soon one day soon we'll all be back in the stadium together but until then keep listening keep tuning in tuning in winging it with Zach and Brad um, be back next time